Okay, so welcome back to our, another in our ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. We are now on Yivamot Daf Kuv Zayin Amud Bet at the bottom, and we're going to do three sets of Mishnayot. When I say three sets of Mishnayot, what I mean is that the Mishnayot on Kuv Zayin Amud Bet, which are presented as one Mishnah, are really two Bet and Gimel. The one on Kuv Chet Amud Aleph is also two Dalad and Hay, and then on Kuv Chet Amud Bet is uh, one Mishnah, which is uh, Vav. And then we'll study all of the attendant Kamarot. And the main subject that we have here, as we had in the first Mishnah, is the subject of Mi'un, of Mi'un, of the girl who is married. And we'll see the definitions of that under what conditions she just walks out of the marriage. The Mishnah says, Ezuik So now, what we talked about uh, in at what age a girl does Mi'un, the Machot Rebbe Shemarit Hillel, and how many times she could possibly do Mi'un, etc. And now we're talking, where the question is, what girl even requires Mi'un? In other words, what sort of marriage will set up the need for Mi'un as opposed to just walking out without any formal Mi'un? If her mother or brothers, meaning a family member besides her father, because her father's dead, married her off with her consent, which means there has to be some awareness and agreement on her part, and therefore some age on her part. If they married her against her will or without asking her, then she doesn't need me and she just walks out. He takes a little further. He says, Any girl who is, is so young that she doesn't even know how to hold on to Kesef Kiddushin, uh, does not need me. And that would seem to parallel the age that we refer to as Pu'utot, in the famous uh, sugya in Gittin about uh, young children uh, doing Mekah uh, Memkar and being valid uh, if they're able to recognize something of value. Good. Now, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Ein Ma'asek Tana Klum. takes a position which seems to negate Miun at all, but not exactly, as we'll see. He says that the actions of Iktana are meaningless. Ela Kimifuta. She's just like uh, somebody who had Pitui. In other words, if uh, if she is married even with the consent, that consent is meaningless, and therefore it's like uh, a case of just non-marital sex. But Yisrael a kohen loto chabetruma. So Rabbi if a kohen marries a ktana without the father's involvement as, a, as accepting kiddushin, then she does not eat truma. But kohen Yisrael to chabetruma, and vice versa, if she's a bad kohen, then she does eat truma as if she's not married. This is the next Mishnah. Any delay which comes from the man, we'll see what this means, uh, indicates that she is fully his wife. But if it's a, a resistance or a, a delay that comes from somewhere else besides the husband, then she is not considered his wife. A very strange and enigmatic phrase that we will clarify in the Gemara. So, the first line of the Mishnah, of the Gemara, we may have a Miun, which was what you need when you do formerly Miun, as opposed to this uh, young girl that we're talking about who could just walk out. They used to write the following, I don't want him, I'm not connected to him, I don't want to marry him. Right, a long, long verbiage. They saw that the, there was, there evidently they kept adding on, that the text was getting lengthy. People are going to start confusing this for a legitimate get. And then they're going to consider her a grusha, and if she marries a coin, they'll consider the kezah halal, and all of that which is not true. 
So it's Kinuhachi. They made the formal language of a get meon that says Biyom Ploni. On this particular day, Miyana Plonit Bat Ploni Ba'anpana. This particular girl was mine in front of us. That's it. Tanarabanan. So now the we have a bright Ezuhu Miyun. How does Miyun work? What 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 how do we recognize Miyun? Amra Efshi Biploni Bali. If she said, I don't want this guy as my husband. I don't want the Kiddushin my mother and brothers accepted for me. We have it even further. Even if she's sitting on a nice bed, and she keeps coming back to her husband's house, from her father's house. And then she walks up and says, I don't want this husband. And that's fine. In other words, even though contextually all of the uh, indicators are that she's interested in staying with this husband, nonetheless, it's still me, and once she says that, Yatera can have a Yehuda. took it one step further himself. Afilo, are you orchin misubin bevet bala? Even if she had company over in her husband's house, feel medic to mashkalim, and she's serving them. Feel marlim if she beponi bali, and standing there, she says, "I'm not interested in staying with his husband." Harehu miun, that's miun. Yatera can have a Yehuda. Yosef Yehuda, so Yehuda's son, took it one step further. Afilo shigram bala itzochen vanila vilo chefetz mishalo. Even if the her husband sent her to the store to go get something for of his. And she went to the store as his agent, bringing it back to his house, and said, I don't want this husband. That's fine. In other words, context does not indicate whether or not the miyun is valid. The main, uh, the main issue is simply um, her declaration. And even though her declaration may be made in a context that indicates she wants to remain married, nonetheless, the statement is what carries the day. Now, in the Mishnah, we said that Rabbi Hanan Antigonos said that the gauging of the age is if it's somebody who knows how to hold on to her Kiddushin. Right, so, I'm reviewing Rabbi Shmuel, Alacha, Rabbi Hanan Antigonos. That indeed is the Alacha. Tanak, Tanashal, Miyana, Vyamdavani, Seit. So, let's say I have a Tana who never did Miyun, but she went and accepted marriage from some other man. said, The marriage is the Miyun. The fact that she is marrying another man is the best statement of Miyun of the original husband that you have. So now we ask the following question. What if she only accepted Kiddushin from another man? It means she's not moving out and she's not moving in to live with him. Is that also Miyun? So we have a Brighton that says that also. If a Katana didn't do Miyun and she accepted Kiddushin from another man, that the Kiddushin is the Miyun. So Yudam and Batera accepted the notion that not only Nisun but even Kiddushin from another man is a statement of Miyun. So now we have a series of questions that fork off. The first is, uh, the first fork is, do the Rabbanan disagree with Rabbanan Batera? And if you want to follow the fork, the direction that says, they do disagree, do they disagree about Kiddushin, or do they even disagree about Nisuin and say Nisuin is not enough of a Miyun? And if you want to say they disagree all the way down the line, then Then the question is, who do we rule like? If we want to say we rule like Rabbi Dumbatera against the Rabbanan, do we rule like him or do we even rule like his more lenient opinion, as it were, in the case of Kiddushin, that if she accepts Kiddushin from another man, that that is the Miun. So we have a series of questions which all lead us to the same point, which is, what is the Halakha? It says, Halakha follows Rabbi Dumbatera. So halacha michal depligi. That proves that if you have to say halacha follows, and that proves that others disagree with him. But that solves one question, which is: Is there any disagreement? 
To have a nesiva mi'ikara oduma mi'ikdashat. Now we have a different angle of the question, which is, I understand that we're distinguishing between Nisuin and Kiddushin from the second man. The question is, what was her first status? In other words, did she have Kiddusha Miyun or Nisuin Miyun? Was she married in, in the first instance? Or maybe she only had Kiddushin with the first guy, and that's why Rehuda Mevatera says that if she accepts Kiddushin from another man, it's fine, we paskin like that. The daughters-in-law of Avdan, as you recall the story of Avdan, whose daughters-in-law did Miun, uh, that was when he was cursed for, uh, for not treating Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi nicely in, Rabbi, in Rabbi's base Medrash. Shadar Rebbe Zugid Rabbanon Lemivtekinu. So Rebbe sent two Talmidim to go check out and see if they were of age. Amri Lehunashi. So uh, the, the, the women said to, to them, Chazi Guvraichu de Ka'atu. See those men that are coming? Amri Lehu, they said, Nehavu Guvraichu Didchu. They said, we'll become your husbands. You're, you're, uh, you become uh, our husbands. I'm a Rebbe, and the got all mizet. So Rebbe said, that's the best miyun. So now, that, all that proves is that the halacha is that if a woman accepts kiddushin from another man, that is an effective miyun in and of itself. So, but that doesn't yet prove our case. Because my love, the Havinisiva, aren't we talking about a case where the daughter-in-law of Avdan was married to his son, no, she had only accepted Kiddusha Miyun, that she wasn't interested. She didn't do formal Miyun. And when these agents of Rebbe came to find out what the story was, and they said, oh, we'll marry you, that was good enough Miyun. And even if she was originally married, in other words, all of the way, even if she was originally married, and even if she only accepts Kiddusha from another man, that that is Miyun. Good. The next statement in the Mishnah was Rabbi Lazar said, in so an interesting statement of Shmuel. I'm of Yudam Shmuel. Chosrani al kol tzidei chachamim. I have checked all the chachamim. Matzat adam sheishvami dotav b'ktana korbalazar. I never found anybody who was as consistent. Sheishvami dotav relative to the status of aktana like korbalazar because aktana, if you think about it, raises a conundrum. It presents a conundrum, which is on the one hand we say that everybody until they reach age, anything they do is meaningless. On the other hand, here we have aktana who. We talk about da'ata, we talk about her consent, and we talk about doing miyun, and considering that meaningful, and all of that before she's reached age. So Rebelezer is the most consistent of all when, in trying to, to uh, stabilize, as it were, our attitude about aktana. What did Rebelezer do? He regarded this girl who gets married, but he does shemiyun, as somebody who's uh, simply taking a walk with this guy. She's, she leaves his, uh, his arms, in other words, if she's a bat coin, she leaves his arms and then she goes and to the mikveh and she uh, and she uh, leaves his arms as a euphemism and and can eat truma that night. In other words, he regarded this girl as a as if she's a bat coin. So she's with the Yisrael and she's having relations with him and then she leaves and she's still bat coin. She's not married at all. Tanya Belazar Omer, ain masek tanaklum vein balazakai lo mtsiatav lo maseyadav lo Rebelezer says that Ektana, meaning Ektana, who had Kiddushin without her father's involvement, um, is the, the Kiddushin is nothing, and therefore her husband doesn't get to keep her Metziah, and not her Maseyadayim, and can't do Hafar Nedarim, Veinu Yorsha, he's not Yoresher, Veinu Matamila, on the other hand, he doesn't attend to her funeral. And there's the basic rule is she's not his wife. And she needs Miyun. We have to see why she needs Miyun if she's not his wife at all. 
But that, of course, hits to the core issue of how can Rabbi Lazar say that um, that the that the Ein Masek Tanaklum, if we know that there's an institution called Giddush Emun, Shua disagrees and says that the husband gets all of those rights. Viorsha Umetame Lai has to be Metame for her. Right? He says the rule is she's 100% his wife. The only difference is that she leaves with Miyun instead of Gerushin, which means she's not a Grusha, and it's up to her, and etc. But otherwise, she's a full wife. While she's married, a full wife. I'm a And so Rebbe says, I think that Rebbe Lezer's position is more reasonable. Rabbi Elazar made all of the um, all of the characteristics or the attitude towards Ektana similar. Her actions are meaningless, and Rabbi Yeshua distinguished. He said, "You know, she's Ektana, and uh, and her and other actions that she may do are not meaningful. But these actions are meaningful, and she's his wife." My chilek, what was his distinction? If you really think she's a wife, then she should need a full get. Uh, the but Rabbi is also inconsistent, and this is the core of the problem, because if indeed she is not his wife, then why does she need Miyun? The answer is so how does she leave? In other words, Miyun is just some formal way to have this arrangement that's been made to allow women, who, young girls who are in a vulnerable situation, be married to men, that when they reach an age, they have some formal vehicle for leaving the relationship, but they're not wives at all. That's Rabbi Lazar's position. And indeed, he's the most consistent. Now, the next Mishnah, Mishnah Gimel, had this one line where Rabbi and Yaakov, which I mentioned, was very uh, puzzling. And we said, any delay that comes from the man makes her his wife. Any delay that comes not from the man, she's not his wife. So, what does that mean? Let's say that uh, they asked her, somebody else asked her to marry, and that she's married to this other guy, and somebody else proposes to her. From Ram Machmat Ploni Bali, and she says, "No, I don't want to leave this guy." That is a delay that comes from the man, meaning it's not coming from the man; it's coming from her attitude towards the man. And as a result of that, she is now considered fully his wife, and Miyun is off the table. Machmat Adam But if on the other hand she says, "No, I'm not interested in marrying because you guys are not people I want to be married to," uh, whoever's offering it. In other words, she's not refusing the marriage because she likes her husband now, but she's refusing it because. She doesn't want to marry this guy. That is a, a, a delay or a restraint that's not coming from the man, and therefore Miyun is still on the table for her, and if she turns around and says, I want Miyun, it's fine. That's one way of looking at it. Abaya bar avin for Avchanina bar avin to Amri Tavayu, on the page I just listed this, Bnei avin. Natan la get, if the husband gives her a get, zuhi akavasha himina ish. That is a restraint in the sense here of a, of a, uh, of a rejection. Becomes from the man. And then she has a dean of a grusha. She can never marry his brother or his father or anybody else. And he with hers, her relatives. She can't marry Cohen anymore. But if on the other hand, she walked down on him. That's a restraint or rejection that comes not from the man. They could marry each other's kin. She's not Pesobalakuna, etc. Now, According to Bnei Rabbi Avin, then, what Rabbi Lezim and Yaakov is saying is that any rejection which comes from the side of the man retroactively defines her as being a full wife and with all of the implications. 
any rejection that comes not from the man, meaning comes from her, that's Miyun, indicates that she, there was never a marriage here and all of the implications of that. Now, Haktani the Kaman, so the challenge to Bnei Rabbi Avin is that that's the next Mishnah. Hamamanabish, we'll see it in a second. That exact line that if you do Miyun, then it's like there was no marriage and you could marry each other's kin and there's no Psulakuna, but get, all that is the opposite. The answer is Prushi Kamafarish. So, according to Bnei Rabbi Avin, Rabbi Yaakov is doing is simply setting up what the principle is, and then the next mission that we're going to read in a second is the explanation or explication of that principle. And here it is. Good. So that's the mission. Now, So now we get into a more curious case. Let's say a guy gave the katana a get, and then he took her back. Now, at that point... She, um, if he gave her a get, so clearly, if uh, if he dies, then there's no yibum. But he gives her a get and he takes her back. Now, what's the status? He dies. Then what happens to as far as yibum goes? So let's hold that in abeyance for a second. Mianabo, but she's still aktana, and at this point, she then walks out on him. Then he saitli acher, and now she marries some other guy. Venit armala onit garsha. In this case, actually, not talking about Ibum. Here we're talking about the issue of Machzir Grushato. So a man divorced his wife and he took her back. So far, so good. She didn't marry anybody in the meantime. But now, let's say that uh, he divorced her and, um, and then she married another man. Then clearly is an issue of Machzir Grushato. So watch this. And then, after he took her back, she did Miyun. Then he said Le'acher, and she married another guy. Somehow it got dissolved. She can return to him. Why can she return to him? Because the action that created the dissolution of that marriage was Miyun. Even though originally there was a get, that gets dissolved by the Miyun. And now when she does Miyun, and she goes and marries another man, she can go back to him because there was no marriage. Let's try the other way. She walked out on him, and he took her back. This is like Bethilos. She could do Miyun early and do it several times. She did Miyun on him at age 8, and she takes her back. And then he gives her a get. And she marries another guy afterwards. And that gets dissolved. She can't return. Why? Here's the rule. If there is a get that follows Miyun, then she cannot return to him. But if the Miyun follows the get, then she may return. Meaning, if the guy divorces her and she marries another guy, then already Machsigrushaso is is operating. However, if he marries her and takes her back divorces her and takes her back, so there's no Machsigrushaso. What happens if he divorces her, takes her back, and then she does Miyun? And then after that Miyun she marries another guy, Machsigrushato is now off the table. But if it's the opposite order where the the thing that separated them before she married the other guy was get, then uh Machsigrushato is back on the table. Now here's a principle. This sort of an application of that. Let's say a woman does miyun, but the, the difference here is that now we're talking about several men. She does miyun to one man. She marries another guy and he divorces her. She's still Tana. She marries another guy and she walks out on him. And then she marries another guy and divorces him. Here's the deal. Any of the men who divorced her, she can't return to. 
But any of the men she did meun on, she could return to. Alright, good. So now let's see how this plays out. First thing is, what we see from the Mishnah is that meun is get, meaning when the guy divorced her, took her back, and then she did meun, we now disregard the original get, as far as machzir grushato. Or mini, we have a challenge to that, which is the end of the Mishnah. Um, All right, so we see from the end of our Mishnah that the 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 subsequent miyun did not cancel the earlier get. Of course, what's different is that it were, there were four men here. She was mamayin against the first husband, then married another guy. Husband B divorced her. She went and married another guy. Husband C she did miyun. And then she married husband D, and, and he divorced her. So now she cannot return to husband B, but she can return to A and C. But why is B off the table? After all, the meun of C should have canceled out the get of B. That's what we think. Right? If, it, if indeed the case is that meun cancels get. So we see that one fellow's meun does not cancel the earlier fellow's get. So so Shmuel says something which we're not 100% pleased with, which is that we should break up the authorship of our Mishnah and say that the first half of the Mishnah, or the first the Mishnah that we have here, which is Mishnah Gimel, uh, sorry, Dalid, is authored by one person, and Mishnah He, which is Amanat Be'ish, in which Meun does not get can- is not canceled all to get, is another author. We'll see who that other author is. So. Um, Rava says, what's the problem? Maybe his own miyun is avatal his own get. But maybe the other fellow's miyun is not avatal the get. So let's think, why would it be that the other, the miyun on the other fellow is not avatal, meaning the miyun on, on C is not avatal the get of B? So the answer is, she was married to this guy. And she knows how to wink and hint and have private signals with him. So, you know what, what's going to happen? If her meun is out of his get, here's what's going to happen. He divorced her, she married another guy, and now he regrets it. So he's going to go to her and wink and hint in certain ways and get her to do meun, and then she's going to come back to him, right, which we don't want to have happen. So we're going to institute the notion that the meun is not mevata. But but miyun didei nami lo leave till gate didei. If that's the case, then his own miyun should not miyun against him should not mivatel the earlier get. The same thing's going to happen um, if uh, if if um, he wants to get her. If he he will hint to her to be mimayin, so that if she marries somebody else, he'll be able to get her back. Now the answer is I don't care what happens with Tavas Mashamish Maitila. Sorry. Uh Hakvar Shibshavaloishbisha. No, but it's because it's pretty clear if she did Meun on him. Remember, get comes from him. But Meun comes from her. And we assume in the case of Meun that likely the husband didn't want Meun to happen. And so obviously he tried already to pacify her and it didn't work. So it's certainly not going to pacify her when she marries some other guy. So we're not concerned about that. As opposed to the case where she married A, left him B'miyun, went to B, and left him beget, Went to C, and now we're afraid that B is going to say, oh, I made a big mistake. Divorcing her, I'm going to go and convince her to do miyun, And, of course, I know how to wink and hint in a way that she'll understand privately. 
and she'll do miyun. So you say that miyun's no good, and she's forever forbidden to you. Good. Okay. Ela'ikasha, the chavre, the chavre kasha. The problem really is not uh, the, the, the Mishnah Dawad versus Hay about whether the, his own biyun is a vatal's own get versus his friend's biyun is a vatal get. That we understand. Here's the problem. The chavre, the chavre kasha. Right? The, in, the, uh, in, in our Mishnah, we said that if she did Miyun, um, and, the, and then she came back, and he gave her a get, and then she married somebody else, she can't come back to him. It's only because that second marriage was dissolved by Gerushin. The implication is that if the second marriage was dissolved by Miyun, she could come back to the first guy, which means that that Miyun sort of cancels out the, um, the, the whole status of being married. It sounds like his Miyun, the Miyun of the second guy, her Miyun against the second guy, cancels out the first guy's get. And we challenge that with our Mishnah that indicates that whoever divorced her beget is forever in that status. The Miyun is not mevatalit. Miyun muterat lachzorlo. Amalwati Miyun dechavim vatal gita didei. Meaning, one guy's Miyun is not mevatal, another guy's get. So, Amar Belazar, Tavra, Mishanazul, Oshanazul. Here he applied the idea of Tavra, which Shmuel used earlier, that we have to, to say that the Mishnayot are authored by different people. Ulamar, Yungansh, Shil Shabigitin. Ula says no. Perhaps this is a case, and Ula earlier also tried to save. Um, sorry, Ula says that shishil shabigitin, meaning he, that, he, that this is a woman who already had three gitin. and now everybody thinks of her already as a gedola, and we can't allow miyun anymore. Now we said before, Shmuel said it once, and then Rabbi said it a second time. Tavra mishishan azulo shanazu. So Mantana, who is this other Tana who holds that miyun is not mevatel get? We'll see. We'll start with a drasha. Uh, that uh, in the last parak of Eicha, we bemoan the fact that we have to buy our own water and buy our own trees from the captors. But the idea is that we have to pay for Torah. During the time of danger, this is evidently during the Hadrianic persecutions when Rabbi Kiva was imprisoned. This halacha came up. She left the first guy beget, married another guy, left him a miyun. Can she go back to the first guy? And that's a question of whether miyun They hired a guy for a lot of money. He snuck into the prison and he asked Rabbi Kiva. We have records of many questions. Asked Rabbi Kiva when he was in prison awaiting execution. And Rabbi Kiva said she can't go back to him. And Rabbi Yudah ben Beter ben Etzibin, then they sent somebody to Nesibin up in Turkey, and that's Rabbi Yudah ben Beter, the Asar, he also was Oser. Rabbi Yudah he says, no, no, nobody had asked that question. After all, if we are willing to... nullify or disregard the possible... Isra of Eshet Ish by Miyun, then certainly Isra Lav, we're not going to be choshes. The Isra Lav of Machzig Rushato, we're certainly not going to be concerned with. Ram Kachshalu, he says, this is the question they asked. 
So now, let's say you had a woman who was his mother's brother's wife, which is a Shnia. And now his paternal brother uh, married uh, this woman. There's no cure for there. And he died. So should we say that now, after the death of the husband, this woman should now do miyun, and therefore she will not be married, and then her tsara could have yibum? Yesh miyun lachar That was the question they asked. Can you do miyun after the death of the husband in order to be able to open things up for yibum? Good, so the answer they got was asur. I mean, it's like Barashin, Umoda Rav, Rav who said that, that Mion is not Mavato Getsh, Muterat Lachim Shilzesh Nasralav, is that, um, is that the woman that she's, the man that she's not allowed to marry because of Machzigru Chateau, she is allowed to marry his brother. Pshita, who knew the Makarab Rizotavu Kritzotav, I understand because our whole reason for assuring him were really, she should be mutter to him. It was because we're afraid that because they have intimate signals, he's going to signal to, to, to Miun, and therefore we're not going to allow it. But a Valachivlo, but his brother doesn't have such intimacy with her, certainly she's mutter to him. So, Mawadatem, the leagues are high, out too high, come on, Now, I have reason to think I should be goes there. She can't marry the brother, or as a precaution against marrying him. We have another version that says, but just like she's also named, she's not so to all the brothers. I, she doesn't know, I have any intimate signals with them. The answer is, It's a gzera of his brothers as a precaution against him himself. Good. Okay, so that is the next piece. And now the final piece we have for this morning. A woman, uh, a man is a garish woman, takes her back, and then he dies. She could certainly marry the Avam. In other words, we do not say that because for a moment, during the moment during which there was Gerushin, this is now an adult girl, uh, adult woman, uh, during the moment that she was a Grusha, she was simply Grushat Achiv to the Avam, and therefore since there was an Isser for one moment, that Isser is forever. But Rabbalazar Oser, he says, no, indeed, you can't have Ibum. Let's say a man divorces a Yitomah. And now you talk about meeting a girl who got married by her mother and her brothers, right? So that marriage is kiddushin drabanan vechzira. So he was megarisher, but he took her back. Mutarle avam, right? Rabbalazar oser again. Rabbalazar prohibits, but in this case everybody agrees. Tanashi siavia. Let's say a father married his daughter off. That's kiddushin daraita. Finit garshat, and then the guy divorces her. Ki tomabachayav. Then she has a status of a tomabachayav. A, an orphan during her father's life. Her father's alive, but it's like he's not alive because she's now not married, but she's not under the purview of her father. Let's say the husband took her back. Everybody agrees she's Asuralayavam, but we'll see that there's a, an accept, a limitation to that. Now, let's figure out why Rabbalazar in the first two cases disagrees and holds that there is no possibility of Yivum. We have four different opinions about this. The first is a well, relatively unknown town by the name of Efa. And Amor, Amar, Ifam, my time of Rabbalazar, Ho Ilvi Amdalav Shachat Bisura. We saw this Shita of Rabbalazar already in the third parak, that since for one moment she was also to him, therefore she's always also to him. Right, we saw that in the case of the wife sister. 
right? So now, because for the one moment, um, uh, when he, when the man divorced the wife, while she, they were divorced, he was uh, she was also to the brothers. Therefore, she could never marry the brothers. The Rabbanon said to him, If that's the case, she's totally exempt. She need not, not need chalitza. If you think that's the case, that's it. They quote Rabbi Lazar saying she doesn't need chalitza. So that can't be the reason. Rabbi admitted and said, I don't know what his reason is. That's number one. Number two. What's his reason? We saw this already in the first parak. Whether we have a question about what generates, really in the second paragraph, what generates the Zika? Is it the death of the man now, or is it his original marriage? What's generating it? If it's death that generates it, after all, she was married to a guy, he died. Good. But if it's the original marriage that creates, generates Zika, then subsequent to the, first, to the original marriage, there was a moment which she was ushered to him, which, which is when he divorced her. So in other words, our question is, according to Abaye, that Rabbi was not sure, and when not sure always leads to Choletz of was not sure whether there's a Zika here, because what generates the Zika? Is it the death of the husband? Husband married a woman, divorced her, took her back, and now he died, so basically his wife died. Or do we say the original marriage is what generates the Zika, and the original marriage was interrupted for a while by Gerushin, during which time she was also to the brother, and therefore there's no Zika. Right? So now, Rav Amari disagrees as the Olam Pshito Rabbalazar Rabbalazar understands very simply that it's the death of the husband that creates the Zika and not the original wet marriage. But here's the reason. Everybody knows when people get divorced. Not everybody knows when somebody takes somebody back. So therefore, as a precaution against that, Rabbalazar says, if a man divorced a wife and then took her back, um, then the brothers cannot do Yibum. Because people will think he's being miyabim, his brother's divorcee. Uh, but it does have to do chalitza, because really there is a zika. Adarabah, Chazara came in the atva kola. That's the opposite. When a man takes his wife back, everybody knows they're living together, so everybody knows about it. So Milo but you could construct a case where the man took his wife back in the evening, and by the morning he was dead, and nobody knew that, that they were living together. So that's the reason he's doing it. So that's Rava's concern. What's his reason? He says that the Mishnah has three cases. The first case is with an adult girl. The second one is with a Kiddushim Yun. And the third is with Kiddushim Daraita, with a Ketana that he divorced and took back while she's still a Ketana. And he says, Rabbalazar's uh, prohibiting uh, Yibum in the first two cases is a precaution against the last case, which they're, of course, all related. Right, and what's the proof for that? That's uh, that's the seifa. Now, hi, Mylamemro. What do you have to tell me that for? Pshita. It's obvious that if a man divorced his wife was a ktana, who was married him to kedushin daoraita, and then he divorced her, and that the divorce is daoraita, and then he takes her back as a ktana, that means that the the marriage that he has is now a marriage to rabbanon. So certainly, the marriage to Rabbanon is not stronger than the get the right to vis-a-vis his brothers when he dies. So why is it the last case there? It's there to tell us why does Rabbalazar prohibit in the first two cases? It's a precaution against this last case. We have support for this. 
Because the Brighton says, Modim Chachamim Lerabalazar, the Chachamim agree with Rabalazar, Iktana, she see Avia Venit Garsha. Iktana was married off by her father, and she got divorced. Vechzira, and then the guy took her back. Divorce is 100% divorce. But the return is not a full return because she's a Ketana. And now they put a stipulation. That's if he divorced her when she was a minor and took her back as a minor. But if he divorced her as a minor and then married her after she became of age, it's 100% wet marriage. Or even if he took her back when she was 9 or 10, but she grew up and stayed with him until she was a Gedola. Then he died. That's Chachamim say, Rabbi says, no, that even in that case, there's only Chalitza no Yibum. The question is whether that's a precaution against the, against the case where he takes her back as a Ketan and then dies before she reaches age. So he asked Rav Nachman, what's the, st- what's the status with the tsara uh, of, uh, of, of this, of this Yitom Machayav? Amar he gufa gzera. He said, the Yitom Machayav itself is just a gzera. Should we then make another gzera against that? There's a general rule that in goes from gzera to gzera. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of exceptions to that. Uh, the basic one being uh, right? But um, what, he's, what we're asking is about Rabbi Lazar's position in the first two cases. We say that itself is a because of the last case. So we should make another gzera and say even the tzaraza surah? Rabbi Lazar himself said that both she and the tzara need chalitza. So wait, time out. That's an impossible statement. He You think they both? You never have a case for two women. Both have to do chalitza unless there's a safek or something. The answer is that either one of them could do chalitza. So haven't you already fixed that text? This is how you read it. He She herself can only do chalitza but the tzara could do chalitza or yibum because Rabbi will agree that I'm not going to make a gzera l'gzera and say in our first two cases the woman can't do yibum because of Xera, because of the third case. Plus, I will also say that Sarah can't. No, that Sarah can do Ibum. So, uh, we have completed our task for the day of getting up to the next Mishnah, and Daf Kuf Tet Amur Aleph. And Hashem, in the next podcast, we will continue in our study of the 13th parak of Masachet Yivamot.